civil unrest, things of that nature, but pandemic isn't in it. So that means that pandemic is not a force majeure event. That's not true. Contracts wouldn't be very good contracts if you had to literally think of every single possible thing that could keep the parties from going forward with the contract. It would be very difficult. So what a judge would say down the road, and I think that there's a strong argument that a national emergency, a state emergency, a city emergency to prevent people from being able to congregate would be an act outside of your uh, ability to control, which would trigger the force majeure event. The contract is not dissolved. The contract is only going to be terminated if you cannot reasonably rebook. And most force majeure clauses, at least the ones that I've seen, the ones that I've drafted, will have something along the lines of we'll try to rebook the date within a certain amount of time, six months, nine months, a year, whatever it is. You know, the main aspect of being a success in your business is actually selling your service. Who would have thought? When it comes to videos, whether you're doing weddings, company profiles, corporate work or ads the fastest way to sell is to draw emotion from the viewer it doesn't matter how good your shot or how epic the setting is it'll be no match from the power of audio the clear audio and music are the keys to telling and selling a story for us and a lot of people in my industry the best source for high quality music is none other than Musicbed. Musicbed has a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. As a Wedding Video Boss listener, you can get your first month of subscription free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code NOSPACE Wedding Video Boss when you check out. Now you could call yourself a savant a master storyteller or whatever the heck you need to say to make yourself different. Remember, use the promo code Wedding Video Boss or click on the link in the notes. Welcome to the Wedding Bossness Podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative. Bossness is defined as the epic act of proving your doubters wrong by doing everything right. If this is your first time listening, this podcast is for you the small business owner who wants to turn their passion into profit, the late bloomer that everyone already wrote off, the boss who wants to try something different, diversify, but has been receiving nothing but resistance. I'm with you. It's hard, especially when the biggest obstacle for your success is yourself. That's why I didn't want to be the podcast to bring you the inspiration. I want to bring you the tools for execution especially for what's going on right now. The next series of episodes were recorded last minute because I'm sure if you're listening right now, we're all at home and are days into the stay-at-home order by the government because of the COVID-19 virus. I invited some of the biggest names in the wedding industry to talk about urgent and really important topics to help you still run your business and communicate with your clients. I know this is a scary time. Everything's up in the air. The best way for us to be ready for what's coming is to be ready for the worst. Today's episode, we are interviewing Rob Shank of the Wedding Industry Law, and he's talking about wedding cancellations and force majeure. We talked about how to really handle the clients who want to get a refund and those who want to postpone their wedding. We also had a live Q&A after the interview. People had really good questions, so make sure you stick around for that. The interview with Rob is coming up right after the intro. 
Okay, so thanks everyone for being here. Uh, I know everyone is really, you know, bothered by everything that's happening right now. And we're on day three. I'm already getting cabin fever. <laughs> how about you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So how, how, how are you, Rob? Um, I'm, I'm doing fantastic considering the circumstances. I'm just, you know, concerned about all you guys. So I'm um, hoping that we get through this as painlessly and quickly as possible, the whole thing. And uh, you're from the East Coast, right? Is that correct? Yeah, we're, I'm in Atlanta as we sit here today. That's oh, right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. How's the, how's the situation there right now? Um, I don't think that we're as, as extremely shut down as you guys are in California. Um, but it's definitely most restaurants, most bars all shut down. Um, you go out, it's kind of like a ghost town in terms of restaurants and bars, but, um, I had to get out of the house today and we did some exercise cause I, the gyms are closed. So we, you know, did worked out in, you know, in the yard in front of the house and people are out walking and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I guess people are doing what they need to do, you know, getting some vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. I need a lot of it. <laughs> so, okay. We, we are going to start We're about 17 participants 17 right people that's awesome okay well, fantastic there we go all right so so everyone uh to those of you who don't know who rob is to the two people who don't know who rob is <laughs> rob is a united states trial attorney and he is the editor of weddingindustrylaw.com so uh, it's an online resource uh, for news information and legal legal matters Material. Um, well, um, legal materials for Northern North American wedding professionals. So since 2012, Rob has become one of his country's most prominent wedding lawyers, a special designation for lawyers representing wedding and event industry professionals. He is the founder of wedforms.com, a database of downloadable contract templates for wedding and event businesses. His expertise has been featured in time Huffington post weddings, Petapixel and Yahoo News, and he's spoken at WPPI, Wedding MBA, and Destination Wedding Planners Congress, among others. So, friends, here's Rob. Hi, Rob. <laughs> hey, thank you for having me. Um, so, again, thank you. I, this is kind of like a somber occasion because I keep getting calls. You know, I've had dozens of calls all week, people kind of freaking out. So, thank you for letting me have this platform to kind of just talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, so the, the, the relevant conversation for tonight is you have in the next three, four, five, six, seven weeks, weddings or events that are being canceled because it is impossible to go there because your state government, the federal government, the local government has said, you know, this event location shut down or you can't have more than 10 people in one spot, um, due to the pandemic. So what happens then from a legal standpoint, from a business standpoint? The short answer is that's actually going to depend. The first depend is going to be what it says in your contract. The second thing is going to be what jurisdiction you're in. So um, I want everybody to keep that in mind. I, I haven't read your specific contract. Um, your, every, every contract is written differently most of the time. So Tonight, when we answer these questions, what happens if the wedding is canceled because of this pandemic? Um, I can only give you general information because 
to provide you with exactly what you need and exactly the next step that you should take with this specific client, somebody would have to, you know, understand A through Z of your situation in your contract. However, I still think what we can talk about can be helpful in guidance for you. So the first thing is this, when there is a factor that prevents a wedding or event from moving forward that is beyond the control of the parties. Generally, what happens is that there is a particular clause in your contract that will come into play. Not all contracts have them. Some don't, some do, but the ones that do, this is called the force majeure contract or force majeure clause. A force majeure clause um, is simply a principle that the contract is, I'm sorry, the force majeure clause basically says, neither party is going to sue the other if they cannot fulfill the contract. If you can't go through the hurricane or you can't go because the the department of health is going to arrest you. If you're you and 10 other people are there, Mm -hmm. um, you can't as a professional be sued by the client and you can't sue the the client for not paying you because the event's not going to happen. It's kind of a shield from breach of contract liability. Okay. That's the principle of it. Um, it doesn't mean that the the contract is ripped up at all. It just means that what we're going to try to do is it typically, and again, it's going to depend on exactly the wording of your force majeure clause, but typically the force majeure clause will provide a certain amount of time for the parties to reasonably rebook the date at a time after the force majeure event has terminated. So generally in, in contracts, in force majeure clauses, we're not talking about pandemics. We're usually talking about wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, things that, you know, this type of action. Um, so at the end of the day, you have a situation where the people can't go. The force majeure clause then typically would come into play. And the force majeure clause says, okay, guys, let's work together to rebook the date. After, at some point, we anticipate that this force majeure event, which is the pandemic, is going to go away, and then we work towards that. Um, That's typically how it works. If, depending on jurisdiction, if you cannot take reasonable actions to rebook that date, and again, it's going to depend on where you're at, so talk to a lawyer in your specific area, but there are some jurisdictions where the all the money goes back, somewhere just everything but the expenses go back because it would be unfair for the client to get nothing and you to make a profit off of something that, you know, a higher force has said, this is not happening. Okay. Um, That's pretty much how the force majeure shakes down. Um, Now, the, a, a question that I get would be, okay, so my force, my force majeure clause, like most others, it says, if the event is disrupted by an act of God, labor strikes, civil unrest, things of that nature, but pandemic isn't in it. So that means that pandemic is not a force majeure event. That's not true. Contracts wouldn't be very good contracts if you had to literally think of every single possible thing that could keep the parties from going forward with the contract. It would be very difficult. So what a judge would say down the road, and I think that there's a strong argument that a national emergency, a state emergency, a city emergency to prevent people from being able to congregate would be an act outside of your uh, ability to control 
which would trigger the force majeure event. The contract is not dissolved. The contract is only going to be terminated if you cannot reasonably rebook. And most force majeure clauses, at least the ones that I've seen, the ones that I've drafted, will have something along the lines of we'll try to rebook the date within a certain amount of time, six months, nine months, a year, whatever it is. Um, I, hopefully, I really tore through that. I've done about a thousand of these interviews in the past like five days. So hopefully I covered everything not too quickly. Um, is there, is there any particular questions that, that you guys have at this, at this second? I think the, the main thing for me is, um, with, with, when it comes to couples, when they, when they cancel the contract, oh, I mean, when they cancel the event, we suggest, uh, Postponing, postponing it instead of canceling, right? <laughs> right. And I, that's good. So I might be misspeaking here, but when I'm saying the, the wedding is canceled, the date is canceled because mm-hmm. you can't show up there. So postponement might be a better word for what I'm talking about. Like the force majeure clause is going to say that this is the event is still going to go forward. It's just going to go on forward on a different date after the force majeure event has dissipated. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, I think also one of the fears, at least for us too, as a business owner is, you know, when they, when they want to refund the money and in the contract, it says retainer fee. I know we talked about these Not terms before. Like, I, I think I remember you saying that you can call it whatever you want as long as it says that it's non-refundable or something. Is that right? So there's a couple things with that. Um, Typically, when you're accepting money from the client that doesn't go back if the event is canceled, we refer to that as a liquidated damages clause. Because what you're saying is if you cancel the wedding because the, the, the groom gets cold feet because you don't want it anymore, you're, you find a better date down the road, that means that they're terminating the contract of their own accord. And you're agreeing with that liquidated damages clause that, okay, rather than me have to sue you, I'm keeping this money and we're both agreeing that I'm keeping this money. It's, in a, re- it's a reasonable um, amount for me because you have canceled the wedding because of a reason that you control. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is something different than if the client can't go because the coronavirus is because the, the coronavirus um, is preventing everybody by law from congregating over 10 people or 50 people. So that is something that's entirely different. So that's why it's important. Like a force majeure basically triggers the, the parties need to work together in, in, in reasonable capacity mm-hmm. to, continue forward with the services and that in the wedding industry means rebooking the date. Mm -hmm. And then if that can't happen, then typically the parties will have to go to status quo ante, which means where they were before the contract was formed, which means that they get their money back and you go your own way. And so, but again, that's going to be jurisdictional and it's going to be the terms of the contract, but that's typically how it would lay out. Okay. So, um, I, I, I think I remember, um, listening to your podcast and you said that in a situation when you're already, the bride already sues you, but the situation is the government already said, don't go outside or don't congregate and let, 
more than 10 people, but the bride still wanted you to go. What was the, what was, what's, is there like a chance for you to win that? Or how, how do you handle those things? Okay. So in the hypothetical that you just laid out, which is the, the, the client sues you as the wedding professional because you're refusing to show up um, in a situation where it would be unlawful for you to show up because of a city law, a city ordinance, a state law, or the federal government, whatever the case may be. Um, what I'm saying is if you have a force majeure clause in your contract, it will likely be triggered, which means they cannot sue you for that. Or if they sue you for it, that's a defense um, to, to prevent them from doing that. But I'm saying that at the end of the day, and this goes both ways, that if you're going to, that client or the wedding professional, if they're the one suing, at the end of the day is going to have to go in front of a judge and go, your honor, I demanded that this videographer show up in the middle of a pandemic. That's not going to go over very well in any courtroom anywhere. So I've been preaching this for a long time, even outside of pandemics that you have to do the best that you can to stay out of the courtroom by any means necessary. It's usually a, a lose lose situation for everybody because Typically, you're not dealing with sums of money that warrant going through the process. Even in small claims court, your time is too valuable. So if you're dealing with a situation like this, understanding that typically you are under the obligation to rebook the date if you have a force majeure clause. And even if you don't, you would need to try to mitigate this loss by rebooking. If for some reason you can't work that out, then you need to do the best that you can to work out something with the client. If it means having to give back everything, then so be it. But mm -hmm. I, I'm not the type, I'm not a business specialist. Like I can't tell, I'm, my thing is the law. So I suggest everybody watch or listen to podcasts where you're talking about how to close on a deal, how to make value propositions, how to negotiate in, in distress. Because acquiring that skill or doing these things are going to be much better than going up to somebody and going, well, my contract allows me to keep my money. You're going to have to sue me. Forget it. You're, I mean, that's, that's terrible. We got to all work together. There's only going to be a small percentage of people. And this is anecdotally for me, I've only had a tiny handful of calls where people are saying, I want to sue somebody because I want them to show up in the middle of a pandemic or vice versa. Most people are rebooking. So whatever you got to do to do that, I would highly suggest it because at the end of the day, it's going to be extremely expensive for you to have a judge tell you whether or not you're right or wrong. Yeah, that's actually very good advice. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that, that's really what it is. It's like, Rob, well, well, do I get to keep this money or not? Uh, because I don't have a force majeure clause or my force majeure clause is, is, is weirdly worded or something like that. I can't tell you that. Only the trial judge is going to tell you that. And that's however long down the road. If you go to a small claims court in your state, it might be a few months, but I doubt it because if you're, if California, I think California, they've, they've suspended court, most non-essential court activities, just like here in Georgia. So maybe a year down the road, you'll have that adjudicated for you. But I think the name of the game right now, no matter what your contract says, is do the best you can as a business owner do the best you can in customer relations to rebook these dates because your contract language is really only a starting point. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Okay, so we have a few questions right now. Uh, yeah. One is, if they rebook a date for when... Oh, wait, no, no. Dana first. Sorry. Oh, what about the retainer fee if they cancel? I think we already... Yeah, I think that we've that. addressed that. Yeah. Okay. If they rebook a date for when you're no longer available, do we have to refund or how does that work? See, and again, that's, that's going to be jurisdictional. It's going to be based on the contract language. But typically how that works is that if... That, that's why I'm saying it's so important to have that customer relation, to have good business sense because... Let's play everything out to the logical conclusion. I can't answer that question because, I mean, like, e even if that person was sitting in my office and the situation was in Atlanta and I, I could be their attorney, it would still be a difficult question to answer because only the judge down the road is going to be able to answer that definitively. And it's not worth that. It's not worth it. So if you, and, and, it, and it's easy for me to say sitting here as the attorney, I don't have 25 or 30 bookings where I'm scrambling to rebook. So I appreciate that. And I completely understand that. And I, I mean, I, I can't understand that. I can't understand the concept of having 20 clients that are, could potentially no longer be my clients. That's a terrible situation, but it's, it would only be worse if you go, Hey, you've your, your, your date that you want, I'm not available, but I'm going to keep all your money is going to get you a bad review. It could possibly get you sued. So it might be a matter of, okay, man, listen, I, I, I'm, I was scheduled to be your videographer. You want a date that is no longer available. Let's work something else out. Maybe you could assign that to somebody else. Maybe make a little bit of money by referring it to somebody else. Maybe you can say, listen, let's, you know, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a business professional, but doing all those things and offering all those options for the client, it's going to be better than anything that I can tell you about, hey, yeah, you're, you have the legal right to keep that money. Good luck. You're going to get flamed. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is just an unprecedented, it's an unprecedented thing. Like most of the time, any attorney you talk to that talks about force majeure, mm -hmm. it's usually confined to one event because like it's a, in a, a venue that has burnt down or, you know, like, um, mm -hmm the videographer was stuck in a hurricane or something like that. Now we're talking about literally no one can work and it's everywhere. So this is unprecedented. So possibly depending on your contract language, yeah, you could keep the money, but that's probably going to be very dangerous for you. Okay. And then um, let me see. I think after that was Courtney. what if they can reschedule. So the question here is what if they can reschedule but prefer not to, that's yeah. a situation where I feel like, that person was good that is using the coronavirus as an excuse to get out of the contract. That's not appropriate. So you have a little bit of a moral high ground of saying you're, you know, I've talked to the planner. I've talked to the, to the DJ, to the, to the venue. We're all available on this date. It all works for everybody. And, but you just want your money back. Good luck. And maybe here's 60% back or 30% back or 25% back. I, again, like I, I can't specifically tell you, you have the legal right to do this, this, or this. I'm coming at this more as, as a business owner, as a, as in customer relations. Okay. Uh, I think we have one, uh, Laura, Laura I'm going to unmute you and then you can speak into the microphone if you want. But before you answer that, I really want to talk about something that the listeners should know about. The Facebook group that I have created to help wedding business owners figure out specific issues about running their business from sales 
to marketing to advertising social media no art stuff here just all business i know right it's such a great idea if you're committed to building a wedding business that will last you need to join this group we'll have tips episode transcripts workshop information and many more so i hope to see you there just click on the link in the show notes. Okay, so what's your answer to my question? Uh, kind of bear with me. So I come from hospitality, been in the business for 40 plus years. Um, so my contract, uh, and I came in a little late, so my apologies for the tardiness. Um, so my contract basically states in the beginning that in order to uh, for us to become a partnership or, or to work together, that our deposit is non-refundable. With an understanding, um, and of course, you know, you build that rapport, and there's that understanding that we've done work already from the moment that we met, right? So, of course, you meet with you, with your clients the first time, your prospects several times before. Uh, they're not charged for it, but maybe perhaps some of those hours are kind of put into the package or not. So, that being said, should they decide to cancel, um, you know, I have I have no issue in rebooking and scheduling within the first year, but I had one who wanted to schedule two years out, so that just that just doesn't doesn't even go. I've got a I've got a um, a sliding scale with regards to payment, because as we go through the year as a wedding planner and an event producer, we do work throughout the year with our clients, right? So we'll we'll say for the sake of discussion that we. We, we contracted somebody in the month of January. We spoke with them already a month before they made the decision to go ahead and to go with us. Uh, we've, we're building that rapport. They put down, you know, their 30% deposit, because that's all we asked for, 30% deposit with an understanding that it's non-refundable. And then, you know, we, we scale it to where, you know, two months later, they, another percentage goes down. Another two or three months, another percentage goes down. Um, so that at the end of the day, when it's said and done a month before the wedding, it has to be paid in full in advance, right? Okay. That being said, this has taken place. They're getting nervous. We'll pretend now the wedding's in April. It's not going to happen because there's no gatherings from a legal perspective. Um, like you said, if they don't want to cancel, well, that's on them. Or if they don't want to rebook, that's on them. But if we, they want to rebook. Um, but they decide, well, no, let's do this now in April of 2021. In our contract, it says that they can't, if, if something happens, we do have a force majeure clause in there. And, and if something does happen, it has to be um, uh, within the same year. It has to be re rebooked within the same year. Obviously, it's different if the event is a holiday event, right? If you have a November, December, um, that's going to be different. But I guess my, I'm, I'm all over the place here. My apologies. I guess my question to you is this. If that April wedding decides, you know what? Um, no, we're, we're going to do April of 2022. Well, prices by then, wages are going higher. Everything is higher. And so the price that you've already quoted is going to be totally different, possibly, than what it will be in 2021 and 2022. So how far out do we have to, is, is there a, a time limit? Is there, because again, from the hotel part of the industry, it's like, you know what, no more than 12 months out, no more than 90 days out. It depends on, on, on the time frame. Well, I mean, if your contract is saying that it's, this is, you have one year to reasonably rebook the date and they, and they don't want to do it within that year, even though they could, then yeah. 
theoretically, you have a, a case for breach of contract, and then okay. you can sue them and get extremely bad press um, and get flamed online. So the situation is in, in approaching the client and saying, look, I've got no problem with April of 2022. However, April of 2021 is good and right. I'm fine with that. But since you want 2022, which is beyond the scope of what we're doing, I'm going to have to tack on whatever inflation percentage or whatever right. is, is the reasonable or whatever. And they'll come back and go, that's bull crap. What about this? And then you just work, crank out a deal, crank out a deal with them. I, I, I mean, like, you know, like I, I can't give business advice because I'm, if I, sure. if I knew everything about business, I'd be on my yacht right now or my spaceship. <laughs> right. I'm saying from a legal standpoint, if you, all I can tell you is that these are the results if you follow them to their conclusion, which is, all right, they are refusing to be reasonable, which they have to be under the contract or under contract law mm-hmm. to rebook the date. My options are to sue them or renegotiate the, the issue. And if you can't renegotiate the issue, you're still back at that same, you can sue them or keep the money and wait to be sued. It's going to end up in court. And it sucks. And that's, it's, it's bad um, that, well, what good is a contract anyway then? Right. And I, exactly. com- and I completely understand that, but we're dealing with the situation where, I mean, depending on what the contract value is, it might not mm-hmm. be worth it, but also at the same time, and I'm your name was Laura. Yes. Okay. So, okay. And also Laura at the same time, because this is unprecedented, like, I mean, I'm not, I've never tried a case in Louisiana, but you're going to end up if you do want to sue them and get the full contract value out of them because you deserve it because they're being unreasonable. You're going to go in front of a jury or depending or a bench trial. I mean, you guys have crazy laws down there because you're French, but you're going to end up in front oh, of we're in California. What's that? We're in California. Oh, I thought you said that you were in Louisiana. That no, might have been somebody else. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. At any rate, even worse you're going to end up in front of a jury that's going to go, why is this lady suing another person in the middle of a pandemic? I have no sympathy for that. So, so no. Okay. Perhaps we misunderstood. So I have absolutely no issue in rebooking someone. As a matter of fact, I I have, if, if there was an April wedding and they've already paid me in full in advance, whatever they owed that last part of the wedding, I'd get that back to them. That's not a problem. And, and based on the contract, if they want to rebook for April of 2021, hallelujah. Okay, that's great. But what I'm saying is if they, if they want to rebook for April of 2022, that, that should be, that's a no-go. That's not, that's not part of the contract. I'm not saying that I'm still not going to give them that portion of their money back. So they have a little something. So there's a let's meet in the middle kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. I think we need to do that as an industry as a whole. Okay. Right. So I get, not to cut you off, but I understand, oh, I think I understand that, that yes. So is it, are they acting in breach Yes. by demanding a 2022 date? Maybe, maybe, yes, maybe. Absolutely. So absolutely maybe. (laughs) Uh, um, But like I said, Laura, like in order to, 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 to find out if you're right, it's, it's going to go to a bench trial or I don't know. I mean, I'm depending maybe, so then, I don't know, but you can threaten that. You can be like, Hey, listen, my contract says this. 
we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I also, I've got to deal with 30 other cancellations or whatever the case may be. 2022 is out of the question unless you're willing to pay extra whatever. I've got a solid date in 2021. Here's what we can do for it. We'll throw in extra, you know, popcorn. I don't know. whatever, And try to get it done that way. But you're right. Is it possible that you could sue them for breach of contract for not being reasonable and rebooking within a year? Sure. So then it's possible that I might have to relook at my contract. I know having been a director of catering conference services with hotels for many years, we did automatically in our contract state that if, if there was a, a, an event that had to rebook outside of that year, that 12 months, that there would be an automatic 5%, 7%, 10%, whatever the, the, the property felt necessary, uh, addition, possible addition added um, to the minimum based on you know a product increase or service increase or price increases etc because we don't you you never know you never know what the what it's going to be so okay well i thank you for that you're very welcome thank you um so i actually have uh well i i guess it's not a question but uh, i i read somewhere that there's this one videographer who the wedding planner is telling everyone, all the vendors, that these, this couple is going to sue you guys if you don't give the money back. So she, she, the planner was telling everyone, right? And so the videographers, like, I can't give the money back. It's already gone. We've already used it. So what she did was she called the couple, explained everything to her, and then that was it. They understood what was going on. So I think... Yeah, that, and 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 you're right. I mean, like that's that's something that's be beyond my pay grade. But you, that photographer, whoever it was, called them up, was humble, human to human, mm-hmm. and or about gave a value proposition. Maybe I'll take your baby pictures for free, or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? Like like do something to get value out of it as 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 much as you can. Because yeah, that that's I mean that's what I would advise. I think I'd. I'd my if i were in laura's i'm not sure if i heard the the entire question correctly but if i were in laura's situation and the couple says okay um we're gonna do 2022 can you just move the deposit there i would probably say yeah and then it's going to be part of the deposit because by that time our rates are going to be different you know i don't know if that's like a instead of saying yes you're saying yes but we, it's going to be just part of a de- deposit because Correct. the rates are going you, to be you, bigger. Yeah. What, it's, if you want to be that far out, then this is what we can offer you. Mm-hmm. If you want to go closer to now, then it'll be cheaper or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Okay. So um, I, just, I think we have one, one more, more last one. Vivian, Vivian is asking um, if the, the, does the force majeure, like when it happens now, does it only apply to March and April? Because she was wondering about future weddings in June to August. That's a good question. So um, again, uh, you know, there has to actually be a force majeure event that's going to prevent people from doing it. Now, is there, is there a bright line test of when that is like, when, when do we know that, you know, that, we'll be able to congregate more than 20 people. I, I, I don't have an answer for that, but like 60, 90 days, you have a strong argument, 120 days. Okay. Argument. The further out you get, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I, don't, I mean, 
I would just say prepare for that though, that, mm-hmm. you know, I think that somebody said something about August. We're going to be looking at this like until August. So I think that if, if a, if a couple has a, a wedding date with you through August, then be prepared that that's a possibility that it could still be a force majeure event because of whatever ordinances, whatever states of national emergency will still be, um, still be in effect. But I don't have a bright line answer to that. Like it's, it would be, I don't think it'd be possible for me to answer, unfortunately. Uh, but that's, that's how it works. Like, like as soon as it becomes apparent that it would be impossible for you to go, that's the force majeure event has, has mm-hmm. occurred in this instance, 2022. No. 20, eight, March 18th of 2021. No. And then that answer gets harder and harder to, to make the closer you get to today. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Yeah. I did have a follow-up question to that, Rob. Um, what if, for example, I already have, you know, we already have clients that have signed contracts for August and we didn't have a force majeure clause. And then, you know, they're also asking, okay, how are you addressing this um, with the ones that have canceled from April? Um, what do I, is it wise to tell them, well, we can have a force majeure clause um, in the contract, you know, assuming like we didn't have one before, for example, what if, or they want to revise it to something that, um, that has a stronger force majeure? Is that something you would recommend? Well, um, let, okay. So just to, for any of the audience members out there that don't have a force majeure clause in their contract, all the, again, all the force majeure clause is going to do is say, we're agreeing not to sue each other for breach of mm-hmm. contract. If it's impractical for us to do this or impossible, mm-hmm. and we're going to work to, to resolve and complete the contract as soon as it is feasible. Okay. If you do not have one of those, then you're in a situation where the client potentially could sue you for breach of contract. And then there are certain archaic defenses, not archaic. I shouldn't say that there are certain defenses that you can bring up um, that will defend you from that. And I, in my opinion, it's not advice. I think you'd be successful in bringing those defenses Um, Mm -hmm. because again, like arguing in front of jury, you know, your honor, you know, I really thought that it was it was it would have been a good thing for all of my family, especially my grandparents and the photographer, the videographer, the DJ to all show up in this spot in the middle of a pandemic. Good luck winning that. Mm-hmm. Good luck. You're not going to. Okay. Um, so um, I, I, I come back around. I think I might have forgotten the the. the can you real quick? What was that question again? Because I wanted to address the no oh, okay. force majeure. So say for example, we oh, I, have, I got it. So, yeah. so you, yeah, I remember now. So, so <laughs> should we add one in? Okay. Yes. So, and I think this actually might answer a couple of the other questions when you're rebooking this date um, with the client, mm-hmm. I want you to render it down into a writing that can either be an email, a text, or literally a completely new contract. Okay. Because as Laura explained, it's not just the date that's going to be changing. There are other things that will change and you might be negotiating value propositions in addition to what you would have already normally done just to get the thing rebooked. So it is very important that you, you're not you're not just scribbling out the date, putting the new date in there, whatever has changed in your rebooking, it needs to be memorialized in some way, email, text, new contract, amendment to the contract, whatever you got to do. Now, should we add a force majeure clause in there? Okay, sure. Absolutely. 
especially if you're rebooking in the next like 180 days, because who knows what's going to happen. Okay. Um, and something that I would recommend in the future, and it's, it would be, you know, you, you can't do it now unless you're rebooking and doing a new contract, but it, when you're a force majeure event, isn't just a pandemic. It's not just, you know, um, workers going on strike or the government shutting down. Um, I, I would say this, there sometimes are issues with what is a force majeure event and has it been triggered? Sometimes you can do things to alleviate that discrepancy, that, that, that contention between one person thinking that it has been triggered and the other person saying that it has not. In the instance of pandemic, you could have something along the lines of, you know, no one will be liable for breach of contract, yada, 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 in the event of pandemic pandemic will be considered uh, a force majeure event in the event that the CDC does X, Y, Z in the event that the state of California um, does a state of emergency, some type of third party action that can be taken that no one is guessing. Okay. Listen, um, the, the national weather service has said that it's 115 degrees with heat index. That is automatically a force majeure event and this is triggered, blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? As opposed to like, you know, as they, as force majeure clause, clauses are written now, it's okay. Well, what, what is this technically? You know what I mean? Like, are we sure this is I, I, the hurricane doesn't look bad where I'm at. So come through the hurricane and come do my wedding. Right. <laughs> it's a way for you to um, kind of have a neutral arbiter decide whether or not a force majeure event has been triggered. Okay. Um, and then to follow up on that, so all of the other weddings that we have, if, for example, a vendor does not have a force majeure clause, but they have these book clients that have signed already, is it wise to add one in and add that to the contract? Is that advisable? Okay, if, I, if, if I understand correctly, yeah. moving forward, yes, I would advise putting a force majeure clause in the contract. Mm -hmm. For those, if, if somebody's already signed a contract mm -hmm. without a force majeure clause, then what is happening is that because the it's impossible to go through with it, what is happening is that the wedding professional is having to approach the client and the client approached the wedding professional to rebook. And essentially what's happening, there's different ways to explain it. It's either you can say it's a new contract, it's an amendment to the contract, it's, mm -hmm. you know, um, an addendum to the contract, whatever it is, the legal obligations that were originally there are no longer there and you're creating new obligations. So it's, okay. it's, it's almost a new contract. So at that point, yes, you can add things, take things out. But as I said before, whatever you do, make sure that it's rendered down to a writing. Okay. But I mean, but what I meant was like, how about for those that are happening in December? Like I've already booked them, you know, can I still you add send it? them a new contract? Yeah. No. No. Well, okay. Don't do it. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Okay, this is like, this is, this is definitely some, this is law school contract 101 coming at me now. That's a good question. So once a contract has been formed, and a contract is essentially just an exchange of promises. I promise to show up with my video, with my, with my what do you call it, a camera, camera. and you promise to give me $5,000, okay? That's the legally binding contract. You have created obligations that will get you in trouble if you do not do them. Otherwise, you don't have any obligations to anybody, okay? So 
once you've once that theoretical professional has has formed that contract for the thing in December, he or she cannot just unilaterally change the obligations. Mm -hmm. The only time that the obligations can change if they are mutually agreed. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would negate all of my student loans. I would just write them and go, hey, I'm changing this contract. I owe you zero. No, like we have to both agree to that. Right. That's how that works. And they'll be okay with that. Like I, if I tell them, hey, you know, because of what's been happening, here's an addendum to the contract. Well, can you sign it? Do you, can you review yeah, that's, it? Yeah, that's how it works. And if that's they fine. say no, then you're out of luck. If they okay. say yeah, then you have just amended the contract theoretically. Okay. All right. And that's all right. Okay. 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 So I, yeah. Rob, I know you have to go. Uh, um, we have? Do, do we have? Do you have time? Yeah, Rob, do you have time for maybe a few more questions? Yeah, let's get um, there a couple more questions. There was just two more, I think. Okay, I'll okay. be less verbose. Okay, sorry, me too. Um, I think it was Dana. Um, if you can see this chat, Rob, um, just to be clear, weddings that had to cancel, not rebook or postpone. Because of the situation, we should give back the retainer fee so we don't look like assholes or get blamed in court down the line, question mark. I just want to be clear. Yeah, so Dana, I guess the, the, the point I'm trying to make is there's a possibility that through the legal system, you could hang on to expenses. You might be able to hang on to a little bit more under the concept of quantum merit, which is the work that you've already done. It's a possibility based on where you're at. Okay. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is in order to, if you hold on to that money and you don't give it back, then you are responsible for what comes next, even though you might be legally and lawfully entitled to it. In the middle of a national pandemic like this, you could potentially get flamed, you could potentially get sued, and even if you're right, you're gonna pay money to defend yourself. So, and again, it sucks that I'm an attorney having to tell everybody this, but sometimes like it's just, you gotta roll, not roll over, but you have to find the value proposition in the situation if you can. And I know, again, I'll say it again, that. It's easy for me to say, I don't have 30 clients canceling on me right now, but I can only tell you that it gets worse if you open yourself up to risk on the theoretical chance that your contract protects you from being able to have to return everything. Even if your contract says, I get to keep everything if you cancel or whatever, depending on where you're at, that is useless if if there is a uh, a force majeure event that prevents people from doing the contract. Um, okay. I think the last I, one you already answered because. Should we be issuing new, should we be issuing new contracts when couples change their dates? Um, again, I don't want to get bogged down on the terms, but whatever new writing, yes, it needs to whatever, make sure that everything gets spelled out. If there are extra expenses, if, because the, the wedding is going to be in November, there are different types of flowers that aren't, aren't available now that maybe right. then all that stuff needs to be understood and on that contract so they don't hold the original contract up to you and go, I thought I was supposed to get roses, but I'm getting lilies or whatever because of the or tulips because it's November, right? So every, yes, everything needs to be rendered to a new writing to be the safest. Exactly, a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I know you need to go. Um, if they have any more questions, I would love it if you tell them where they could reach you. 
Um, so yeah, I am inundated with questions. I don't have, I would not have time and ethically I'm prohibited from offering anything that is advice um, in states that I'm not licensed. However, um, you can, if if I get a lot of the same emails, I'll, I'll probably address it in my own podcast, but yes. um, you can email me at rob at weddingindustrylaw.com, rob at weddingindustrylaw.com. My website is weddingindustrylaw.com. And I have started a podcast, which I think as of right now is available on YouTube, um, my website, and then Stitcher, Spotify. I'll, I'll soon be on Apple Podcasts and stuff that I'll be answering this stuff in the days and weeks to come. Okay, so let me type it out so that everybody knows. So Rob at what wedding? Wedding industry law dot com. Okay. Hopefully this has been valuable. Oh, and I know it's it's a terrible it's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time to be a business owner right now, but if you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get through it somehow. It's just hard because, you know, the clients, they only see themselves. They don't see that we have other clients. And once everyone wants a refund, then we're <laughs> your cash flow is going to take us back. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about the fact that like it's it's it could potentially be the client next because they I mean the economy, it's a ripple effect. So like your client might be out of a job in three months. That's right. Who knows? Yeah. That's that's a real yep. fear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right, thanks again, Rob. Uh, Thank you. I, Thank you so much. All the best to you. You as well. All right, guys. Take it easy. Thank you. If you want to know more, you can join the discussion or watch the videos of the interviews. They're all in the Wedding Bossness Community Facebook group. You can find the link about the speaker and also the link to the Facebook group. Feel free to join the conversation because since this event is unprecedented, the best way to find a solution is to ask. I'll put all of the info in the notes below. Feel free to reach out and talk to other like-minded bossness people or just let off some steam. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. Boss man out.